I love coffee and I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. Everyone have your cup. Let's dig into the word of God this morning. I want to talk to you about spiritual authority. This is something that I think we don't dig into enough, and it is one of the significant reasons that we are hindered and struggle in areas of our life longer than we should. We're going to have struggles. We're going to be hindered. We're going to be delayed. Um, The attacks are going to come. We've clearly been warned about that over and over in the Word of God. It's why we have the armor of God. It's why we're told we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness, because we have a fight. So there will be resistance. If you're in a fight, there's resistance. And so, you know, it's not just this rosy path we walk down, but we've been given the authority to have victory at the end of the battle. So, first of all, I want to encourage you, if you're in the middle of a battle, don't feel like you have missed in walking in the authority God gave you because that authority needs to be increased. That authority needs to be built on, just like um, David. David's a great example. You know, he never would have had the faith, the trust, the confidence, and the boldness even to go and stand against Goliath rejecting Saul's armor, knowing he was more comfortable in his own armor, had he not already been victorious in some smaller battles, yet big battles at the time. Like we know, he fought off the lion, he fought off the bear, which those at the time seemed pretty significant to him. Probably at the time, more than what he thought he could handle. But obviously not, because he had victory over them. They did not have victory over him. So when the time came for him to need and have confidence in and trust and boldness in his Lord and Savior, There was no talking him out of it because he already knew. He already had revelation. He already had understanding of his authority, of his power, 
and his ability as he yielded fully to God. So I say all that to say, we're going to have battles, we're going to have fights, we're going to have struggles. And I think sometimes we get so frustrated in the middle of a battle or fight or struggle, whatever level, we get so frustrated that we're even in this place, either we get angry and mad at God or we get frustrated and condemning of ourselves. And God's just trying to help us get through the battle, excuse me, and gain the victory that's really already been handed to us. We already have the victory. So let's get into this a little bit. And this is the thing where I believe that the body of Christ as a whole, the church, not the four walls, but the church meaning you and me as the church, everywhere we go, we're the church, we're the body of Jesus Christ, we're the example, we're the reflection, right? We're the living epistles. The words go on and on to describe what we are. We're ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we are a representation of him. Like people shouldn't even see us. They should see him. That's what an ambassador is. When you're an ambassador to a foreign country, you are not there on your own thoughts. You are not there on your own opinions. You are not there on your own interpretation of policy. You're not there on all those things. You're there on representation of the country that has sent you. You can't say, I don't agree with this treaty that was established, or I read it differently, and so you can enact out of those places. That's not how it works when you're an ambassador. When you're an ambassador, you know what the country you represent stands for and meant, and that's what you walk out, and that's what you defend, and that's what you act upon. So we, as ambassadors of Christ, have been told something significant by Jesus himself. Jesus left us or spoke these words, and we've seen glimpses of this, but we haven't seen this in action. And it's this. In John chapter 14, Verse 12, I'm just going to go over there real quick just to get it exactly right. But, you know, it's the greater works than these. That when Jesus said, you know, uh, the things that you've seen me do, the things that I have already been doing, you'll do even greater. Why? Why? Why does it say that? Why will you do the greater? This is in John 14, 12. I'm not sure if I already said that. Because we believe in him. That's me kind of paraphrasing it, but I'm going to read it exactly to you. And this is in the Amplified. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do. 
Have you done the things Jesus did? We got to ask ourselves that question. Have we done the things that Jesus did? Are we doing the things that Jesus did? Because he said, those that believe in him will, will do those things. So what's missing? Our spiritual authority. That's what's missing. And as a matter of fact, he goes on to say, he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. Even greater. Now, I don't even think I'm doing what Jesus did. Never mind the greater. Now, some of the things that he did, I've done. He cast out devils. I've cast out devils. He's prayed for the sick and they've recovered. I've prayed for the sick and they've recovered. I certainly haven't told any Lazarus to come up out of the grave. I certainly haven't rubbed any mud on a blind man's eyes and watched him get his sight. That's just the beginning of the list. I certainly haven't had any water sitting on my table that I've commanded to change into wine. I haven't turned a little bit of fish and a few loaves of bread into enough food to feed 5,000 people. Plus, actually. So I and you, unless you've done these things, must not be walking in the fullness of the authority that we've been left with. Because Jesus said, in I think it's Luke chapter 10. Yeah, let me just... Jump over there real quick since we're right here. <clears throat> In verse 19, that he's given us the same authority that he had. Now, he tells us we're going to do greater things than him. And he doesn't just leave us there. He equips us to do it by giving us the authority we need to do it. Behold, it says in Luke 10, 19. Anytime you see that word, behold, in the Bible, it basically means listen up. Pay attention. It's like, you know, waving your hand in front of someone you're not sure is listening to you and going, hello. Just want to make sure you're paying attention here right now because this is important. Behold. I have given you authority. It's already done. And power, by the way. To trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. You know, I was praying about something I don't know if it was last week or the week before. And it's something I've been praying about for a while. And I've come to the realization that I was actually pleading with God and begging with God to have compassion. But it sounded like a really good prayer. And I was waiting and hoping for God to move. Well, that all changed last week. And it changed based out of a question. 
from God himself. you love when he asks questions? <laughs> this was his question. Why don't you just use your authority? Why don't you just use your authority? Well, you can say whatever you want. But pretty much God was challenging me. Like, what are you doing pleading this over and over again when I've already told you to bind up on heaven what's bound, I mean, up on earth, what's bound up in heaven and loose on earth, what's loosed in heaven, and you're not doing it. You're asking me to go in and do something on your behalf. And you're not binding and you're not loosing anything. And he didn't say all that. But that's what he was saying in that question for sure. Well, great. That was really not what I wanted to hear, but it was truth. And you know what? It's the truth that sets us free. So can we hear truth and be set free from it? Or do we hear truth and get offended by it? Because God always, always functions out of a place of love. Why? Because he is love. He can't function out of any other place. So when he was asking me that question, I could have got defensive. I probably could have even dug up some scripture to speak against him. But if he's love, then I'm supposed to be love because he's in me. And one of the things that love does is love celebrates honesty. And God was just being honest with me because he can't be anything else. He was releasing a truth to me. And what was I going to do with that truth? Actually, I was excited about it, to be honest with you, because I was wondering what the holdup was, truthfully. <laughs> and it was me, not releasing my authority. Praise God. It was me. So now I'm looking at this situation and instead of pleading with God to move, I'm binding and loosing in that situation. And I'm trusting that in that instance, God is moving. We've been given this binding and loosing. Matthew 16, verse 19. It's a golden key right here. Again, it's Jesus speaking. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you will bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, that's pretty uh, intense. So what does the word binding mean? When something gets bound up, what happens? It gets tied up. 
It's on lockdown. It can't function the way it did before. It now has a handicap to it. And loose is the opposite. It's untied. It's released. It's set free. So let's stop binding up the works of the enemy. Let's stop binding up the devil himself in the name of Jesus and loose the spirit of love, the spirit of God, the spirit of truth in our atmosphere, in our reach, in our families, in ourselves. Let's bind up the spirit of fear. Let's bind up the spirit of doubt. Let's bind up the spirit of unbelief. And in that place, because this is key, when you're binding, you've got to loose in its place. Let's loose the spirit of truth. Let's loose the spirit of understanding. And let's loose the spirit of love. I promise you, we do that. And we do that in a place of confidence and boldness and faith. God's moving on it. God is moving on it. The biggest authority we have is our faith and our words. Faith comes by hearing, right? That word hearing translates out to understanding. Faith comes by understanding. Because I know some people that have heard and have heard and have heard once again, but they waver or they lack in their faith. And I've questioned that. Why? They've been doing this thing a long time. Where's the faith? Well, it's because they didn't have understanding of what they were hearing. Faith comes by understanding and understanding by the word of God. We're either in one thing or we're in the other thing. I promise you this. We're either in faith or we're either in fear. And fear relinquishes to doubt and unbelief. And faith relinquishes to truth and love. And that's powerful. We can't have both. I wrote a book quite a few years ago called Flying Free. And one of the chapters in the book says, faith and doubt cannot, no, I'm sorry, doubt and unbelief cannot hang out with faith. They can't, they can't be in the same room together. It's like a room's either light or dark. It's one or the other. You cannot be in doubt and have faith. That's the yeah, but, no, yeah, but. Right there, you're in doubt. God's gonna do this, but. No. Use your authority. Bind and loose. We have the authority to do it. We speak it into existence. In Romans, it tells us, for Romans 4, 7, call those things that aren't as though they were. According to the will of God. But you know what? Even according to the negative. And we can, we can defeat and beat somebody up by our words and literally change their life. 
and we can encourage and edify and lift up and literally change someone's life. Do we, are we calling people what we want them to be or what we, are we calling them what we think they are? You can bless and you can fr- curse all with this magnificent thing called a mouth, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So let's do, let's get, I'll even say this, let's get back to, myself included, let's get back to the binding and the loosing in the authority that we've been given so that the greater things can come forth. That's really good. I really am going to repeat that one more time because I want to make sure you did not miss that. Let's get back to what? The binding and the loosing that we used to do in the authority that's already been given to us. Already we have it. Already given to us. It's our choice. It's our choice. What are we going to do? Let's bind deception. Do you think there's anywhere deception needs to be bound up? My goodness. Let's bind up deception and let's loose the spirit of truth. Let's bind up offense and let's loose the spirit of love because I'm seeing such a lack of love from people that think they're walking in love, actually. No, actually, you're not. Do you know if you're stirring up strife, you're not walking in love? Do you know that's one of the abominations of God? One of the seven abominations of God is the stirring up of the strife. I want to I, I want to read that to you because people don't really, and it's a lot of it's all in the name of debate. Truthfully, I mean, I've not ever seen so much debate as in on Twitter and Facebook. Now, if somebody's in error and you're trying to bring truth to them, that's one thing. But if you're just trying to debate, you're stirring up strife. Proverbs chapter 6 talks about this. And it says in Proverbs chapter 6 that there are six things the Lord hates, but seven that are an abomination to him. And really, in the big scheme of things, they actually kind of look like a small deal, but clearly not to God. A proud look. God hates a proud look. A lying tongue. God hates this. Hands that shed innocent blood. God hates that. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. God hates that. Feet that are quick to run to mischief. God hates that. A false witness that speaks lies. So in other words, when you speak against someone else and it's not true. And here's the seventh one. 
Remember, it's six things that he hates, seven that are an abomination to him. And the seventh one is him that sows discord among brothers and sisters in Christ. That's pretty powerful. Because it's not love. It's not from a place of love. So we have to step in. We have to not only know our authority, but use our authority. That's what we have to do. And we have to loose. And it has to start in the church. I, I said this at one point. That God's love, so we're love. So are we functioning every time we do something? Every, yeah, every time. That's a little extreme. Oh, well. <laughs> every time we do something, are we coming from a place of a spirit of love? Are we coming from a place of who we're just supposed to be? And that's love. It's who we are. If God's in us, right? The kingdom of God is within us. That means the that means the spirit of that means love is within us. And every action and every word we speak ought to be out of a place of love. Are we challenging someone out of a place of love? Are we smoothing things over? Seemingly in love. Love, if you go read it in the Passion Translation, these are some of the points of it from the Passion Translation. Love is consistently kind. These are the fruits of the Spirit even. Love is never jealous. It doesn't brag. Love is not easily irritated. Hello? We can all raise our hand on that one. Love is a safe place. Love never gives up. Love is compassion. You cannot sit there and say, I'm just not a very patient person. Then you're not, you're not, but is God in you or is God not in you? Have you fully yielded to him or not? If you fully yielded to him, then yes, you are a patient person. And if you have fully yielded to him, then you can function in your place of spiritual authority. Because that's one of the things about spiritual authority. And it's a reason why we lack. We have to be obedient to God's commands. We have to be fully obedient to God. It shifts the authority in us. We have to yield and submit words that aren't popular words in today's day. But I challenge you to rise up in your spiritual authority. And I'm going to close with this uh, analogy. If you have a car out in your driveway and Walmart is four miles down the road and you need groceries, 
Are you going to get in your car to drive down to Walmart to get your groceries? Or are you going to walk right by your car and walk all the way down to Walmart, get your groceries, and walk all the way home and struggle and have it take twice as long and be difficult. Did you get the groceries? Yes, you did. Are they in your house now? Yes, they are. But it was more difficult because you had a car right in the driveway. And we do that with our spiritual authority. We leave it sitting in the driveway and we're walking right by it in the midst of our struggles and it's taken longer and it's much harder than it needs to be if we would just stand in and command and loose and bind and use the authority Jesus said we have. So go today. Bind up that deception all around you and loose that truth all around you. Bind up the enemy and loose the spirit of love in every area you see need in your life and watch the shift just take place.